This is Father Aaron Williams with another podcast. If you like listening to these podcasts, please subscribe and leave a good rating on iTunes. Also, share them with your friends and check out the other great podcasts available through the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations. Just visit jacksonpriest.com. That's jacksonpriest with an S dot com. Here is my homily from the 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time, given on the 18th of August, 2019, at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Greenville, Mississippi. A few weeks ago, the Pew Research Center released a study, which some of you may have seen by now. It considered the question of how many Catholics believe in the Church's teaching of transubstantiation, that is, that after the moment of the consecration, the elements of bread and wine are substantially changed into the real body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that the substance of bread and wine ceases to be present. Now, the study revealed that among Catholics, less than a third believe in this dogma of the faith. And among those who regularly attend Mass weekly and even daily, the number is about half. Now, I've been taking some time to consider other people's responses in order to determine how I would respond to this statistic. The first thing I would say is that I, and the other priest I've spoken with, am not entirely surprised at this number. In fact, if there is surprise, it is that the number is that high, and I will return to why I say that later. The other consideration I would give is that though many people have come out to say that this is an issue of catechesis, I don't entirely agree with that. I went to Catholic school. I have been in parish catechism programs. I've seen what we teach here. We teach this dogma. Students at our school may not believe this teaching themselves, but they learn it in our classrooms. The catechists who teach Catholic children may not even believe it, but they do teach it to their students. So I do not believe that this is an issue of catechesis. Sure, we could probably do a better job at expressing this dogma in a more complete manner, especially in a manner which would enable students to defend their faith. But at the end of the day, we are teaching the dogma of the real presence in our classrooms. Now, the truth is that while we do teach this doctrine, belief does not often stem strictly from a classroom. Knowledge does not equal belief. Belief is produced far more by practice than by education. In other words, people will live according to how they believe, and they will be affected in their beliefs according to the way they see other people live. If you walk into the average Catholic parish on any given Sunday, you might be impressed with a few things. Some parishes have great outreach programs. Others have tight-knit congregations. Still others have talented music programs that could rival any live band at a local concert or a place to eat. 
What I do not think you will find, on average, are people who present themselves at Mass in a way that shows that they believe that they are literally in the physical presence of Almighty God in the Holy Eucharist. The Nigerian Cardinal Francis Arenze was interviewed once about the manner that people receive Holy Communion. Particularly, he was responding to the question of whether or not he found it fitting in the modern world that the faithful take the long-standing custom of kneeling to receive the Holy Communion, a custom which, while still the normative manner of receiving communion according to the ritual books of the Universal Church, has in very large part, especially in this nation, entirely disappeared. Cardinal Lorenze said, If you truly believed in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, why wouldn't you kneel? Why wouldn't you crawl? Instead, the common experience of most Catholics is that as they approach the altar, they are greeted by an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion who has doubtful belief in the Eucharist themselves and who hands them the Eucharist in a manner which is far more like the way a cashier would give us a change at a grocery store than how we would handle something which we truly believe to be the most important thing in the entirety of the cosmos, that is, God himself. And it is often received in a lackadaisical manner, in the hand, a practice which was only originally introduced in the Roman Catholic Church a few decades ago as an abuse, which was tolerated long enough until it was granted official permission. And this, in my opinion, is not the fault of the faithful. The reality is that, very sadly, it was the fault of the clergy, who the past several decades have celebrated the Holy Mass in a way that lacked any sense of importance or reverence, or who destroyed the beauty of our churches, often ignoring all laws to the contrary, who destroyed high altars and removed communion railings, a practice which was never requested by the Second Vatican Council or by any pope since the Council. Parishes who tossed out wholesale the entire body of the Catholic sacred musical tradition and replaced it with stage bands and Protestant hymns which directly assault Catholic teaching. Or priests who threw out and sometimes even burned sacred vestments and vessels from our sacristies, replacing them with cheap catalog items. To be entirely honest, just observing the way the average Catholic parish celebrates Sunday Mass, I am in no way surprised that people don't believe the Holy Eucharist is the real presence of Jesus Christ, because there is very little done which might underscore this belief. This week, as some of you have commented on, I posted a link to my Facebook where the U.S. Bishop's page was requesting feedback on how to improve people's belief in the Holy Eucharist. As of right now, there are 1,200 comments on this post and nearly all of them say the same thing. I'll read a few of them. Restore a sense of the sacred. Encourage reception of communion kneeling and on the tongue. Promote the singing of the liturgical text of the Mass by the priests and congregation rather than just singing hymns at Mass. Restore the tabernacle to the center of our churches. Build beautiful churches. Offer more confession times. One comment, which particularly stood out to me, was from a non-Catholic. He said, Here's an idea. I'm not a Catholic, but I'm sympathetic. Start treating it like you believe it is the real presence. When it's offered by priests who scandalize the church or to unrepentant cinders, you're telling the world that the Eucharist is meaningless. So clearly you don't believe what you teach, since the scandal is great and little is being done to address it. The only alternative is that you believe it, but are happy to let undiscerning people eat and drink judgment on themselves. And that's just cruel. So that's the bad news. The good news is that it's not like nothing can be done about this. Already in our parish, we have been making great efforts to promote adoration of the Holy Eucharist. 
But something I want to point out to everyone, which may be a surprise to some, is that the one place I'm particularly seeing a common resurgence of authentic Catholicism, along with true devotion to the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, is on college campuses. Young people are waking up to the need for the Catholic Church to truly live the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, which upheld that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life, and greater than any other act of the Church. It is, as the Council teaches, the summit toward which the activity of the Church is directed. At the same time, it is the font from which all her power flows. And so, on many college campuses today, you are seeing a great resurgence of beauty and reverence in sacred worship, or the numbers of people who go to sacramental confession. I went to hear confessions at St. John's in Oxford at last spring, and I sat for three and a half hours and listened to some of the most well-prepared confessions I have ever heard, and often from people younger than me. Having been recently in seminary, I can say that there are a very large number of seminarians today who are the products of college Catholic centers, which promote reverence and beauty in the Mass, which inspire young Catholics to be on fire with the faith. And there is the tie-in to the readings today. Our Lord declares, I have come to set the world on fire, and how I wish it were already burning. People who truly believe and live their beliefs set other people on fire. If you've ever seen a campfire or worse, a house fire, you can be struck with just how fast the fire spreads, if it is left to itself. After our Lord broke bread with the disciples in Emmaus, they declared, Were not our hearts burning within us? This doesn't need to just be something that's reserved for a few colleges and parishes. Every parish needs to be set ablaze with true devotion to the faith, and particularly to the Holy Eucharist. And that means we need to evaluate the manner in which each of us approach the Mass. How do we prepare ourselves? How do we dress? Many of us are very eager to dress well for a wedding or for a nice dinner, but how do we present ourselves each week before Almighty God and the Holy Eucharist? How do we participate in the Mass? How do we approach to receive Holy Communion? I'm going to finish now with the famous story of the encounter between Flannery O'Connor and fellow writer Mary McCarthy. McCarthy was attempting to get the timid Flannery O'Connor to speak in an interview, and she recalled that Flannery was a devout Catholic. And so she said that while she was herself a former Catholic, she was always impressed by the power of the symbol of the Eucharist. And Flannery O'Connor, in her own timid voice, replied, Well, if it's just a symbol, then I say to hell with it. <laughs>